Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting, as we always do, from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them as a small business, but but you want somebody that does that in a personal way, I've found that combination at Renaissance Bank. It's hard to find, but I've found it at Renaissance Bank, and I've uh, found it, uh, some of my clients come back and tell me that same thing. So if if that's what you're looking for, go to renaissancebank.com to learn more. You can find one of their local offices, some 200 around the southeast, ready to serve you and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. And by the way, somebody live answers the phone. It's amazing. <laughs> Renaissance Bank, <laughs> understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Larry Ryback. Larry is the CEO of Jim and Nick's. Larry, welcome. John, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, it's great to have you here. I always love a conversation that involves barbecue, but for those... <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, right. But for those that don't know about Jim and Nick's and don't know what you do, why don't you give an overview? Sure, sure. Uh, well, Jim and Nick's is a 30-year-old brand based in Birmingham. We now have an office here in uh, in north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, just opened that office uh, two weeks ago, so that's exciting. Awesome. Uh, we've got 40 restaurants in the southeast, um, mainly in Birmingham, Atlanta, Nashville, uh, Charlotte and Charleston. Mm. Uh, we're growing. We're going to open uh, seven restaurants this year and, uh, and, and look to grow more beyond that next year. We'll stay in the Southeast, but um, that's kind of the company. The, the, the concept of the brand itself is scratch made barbecue. It's legit old mm-hmm. school. We smoke, bar- we smoke barbecue in every restaurant every day, starting at five o'clock in the morning. Nothing comes in the back door pre-made uh, every Every trimming, every sauce, everything we do is made in-house from scratch every day um, in every restaurant. So it's, it's all kind of old school in that way, but but we think it's a good school. That's a good old school. Yeah, for sure. Um, so t- talk about how the, the brand made the jump from, I mean, most barbecue places that we know that we know and love are, are really owner-operated kind of um, units, right? And, sure. and not... Not very many make the successful jump to a multi-state brand like what you have today. So talk about uh, what made that happen. You know, I think a lot of it is having the right partner, the right business partner. And mm-hmm. uh, some years ago, uh, the, the original, the founders of Jim and Nick's decided they wanted to go do something else. And the company got about as big as they wanted it to be, but they knew that there was potential to grow it beyond where it was. Uh, so partnered up with Roar Capital Partners, also a company, private equity group based here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a phenomenal uh, private equity partner to help you grow your business and professionalize it but while maintaining the, the integrity of the brand. Right. Um, and so that's been the focus for the past several years. And uh, it's great. I love it. Yeah, that's that's uh, terrific. Let's, um, before we get into Jim and Nick's uh Further, let's talk a little bit about you and your <laughs> journey. You've uh, you're a restaurant guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all in your resume, right? Yeah, look, it's the uh, it's the only thing I've ever done. I started as a dishwasher when I was 15, and mm. I bust tables. And uh, I always loved the pace of the business, um, mm. and every day is different. Mm-hmm. I love that about it. 
um, always been, I've just always loved the hospitality side of the business and that um, the ability to deliver an experience or to deliver that kind of hospitality in different ways, whether it's the food that you cooked and you put on a plate or it's the way that you serve it with a smile or it's doing something unexpected for a guest. Mm. There's so many different ways that you can touch someone's life in the restaurant business through your, you know, through your efforts. It's, it's always kind of filled my bucket um, and been fortunate enough to grow my career, mostly in the back of the house early on. So mm. I learned kitchens and from a, you know, a prep cook to a line cook, a trainer, a, you know, sous chef and a chef. And, um, you know, as I got a little bit older and finished college and, uh, wanted to get into the management side and, um, like a lot of things in life, you, um, there wasn't, I, I can't say there was a grand intention in my twenties to be the CEO of a company. You know, I just wanted yeah. to do something more than I was doing at the time mm-hmm. because it was a challenge and I really loved what I've done. And, and I've, so I've been really fortunate to work with some great companies and had great mentors along the way. And, um, and I have an amazing team around me now that, um, that makes my life easy and uh, makes me look good. So you've got some uh, well-known prominent brands in your background, PF Chang's uh, true food check uh, kitchen, true food kitchen. Um, you know, talk about what you learned along the way that you bring forward to, to Jim and Nick's from all those experiences. Yeah. You know, to me, um, food matters <laughs> You can do the food, right? Uh, I think that's incredibly important. Um, you know, keep the, you know, the culture of your business is, is incredibly important, you know, hire friendly people and, uh, and train them. I think that's, it's what's worked for uh, some of the best companies in the industry in the past. And that's kind of how we think about it at Jim and Nick's is we want to hire people who are really friendly, who feel the same way about service and hospitality as we do. And then it's our responsibility to, to teach them and to train them and to help them grow their careers. So uh, I think that's what's made brands like PF Chang successful and True Food Kitchen. It's they really focus on food and they're really into hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the food's almost is given, it, but you know I think people that aren't in the industry maybe don't realize how important the hospitality is. They 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 benefit from it as consumers, but sure. they don't realize all the work that you put into it behind the scenes, right? It's so, it's just so important to find people. Like I said, that, that it makes them feel good to serve others. I think Mm -hmm. people that if you feel that way about service or about hospitality in the restaurant industry, you can do really well. Mm -hmm. If you don't, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you're probably not going to be really successful. If you don't, if you don't feel great about serving others. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. Right? And it actually does make you feel good to make someone's day. If someone can have a, you know, a 45 minute escape from their lives and be treated well. And, you know, everybody works really hard for their money and everybody wants to feel good about how they spend their money. And, you know, I think being really friendly and wanting to exceed somebody's expectations, it's that part of it's not that hard if you really want to do it. Yeah, for sure. Larry Ryback is with us, folks. He's the CEO of Jim and Nick's, uh, headquartered in, in Birmingham and now with a new corporate office here in the Atlanta area. So let's, let's talk about just the big picture of the industry. So we, we're, um, you know, a couple a year or whatever, whenever you want to say the pandemic was over, uh, I'm not sure when that time was, but we, (laughs) but we've, we've, let's just put it like this. We've had a whole lot of ups, you know, a big down. We've had a lot of issues over the, over these past few years, kind of where, where's the restaurant industry right now? Yeah. Look, I think the, um, the restaurant industry is continuing to figure out life post pandemic. 
And so much happened with a shift from dine-in to off-premise during the pandemic because dining rooms were closed for the most part, um, that a lot of businesses were forced to to reinvent themselves out of just sheer survival. And, you know, while dine-in seems to be coming back, the the off-premise side of the business, whether it be takeout or delivery or drive-through, those remain strong. So, you know, I think the industry is is uh, working hard to to figure out how to optimize those off premise channels, um, while also remaining focused on the fundamentals of of dine in service as well. And this is where uh, Jim and Nick's is pretty strong. I mean, you you went into the pandemic with active channels here, yeah. whether it was drive through, delivery, catering. You 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 were already active in all those areas of delivery. Sure. I mean, that's that's been really that was incredibly helpful for us during the pandemic because it was something that, and, and first I, I would say that barbecue does lend itself well to those off-premise channels. Like, mm-hmm. so it's great to share at home. It's great to take out. Right. Um, you know, so that was certainly helpful, but there were channels that we'd built over the years. We'd been doing drive-through for decades mm-hmm. and the takeout side of our business is something that we'd worked on for a really long time. And then over time as, as, uh, catering options presented itself. It's just themselves. That's something that we went and, and figured out. And again, mm-hmm. barbecue, barbecue is great for large catering events. So there were channels of the business that we built over time. So when the, the necessity came to really rely on those during the pandemic, we were already, we kind of had them figured out and then we, we built a reputation to be to being able to do those well, where, you know, a lot of, uh, restaurant companies that were, that hadn't done that. Mm. Um, we're trying to figure out how to, you know, how do I get more in the off premise game when it's tough if you hadn't done it because you're trying to figure out how to do it well. And it's also something that you have to build. And if you're, if your guest doesn't know you for that, yeah. it's a, it doesn't happen overnight. So right. we were very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. So what about the barbecue industry in particular? I mean, what are you seeing there in terms of, uh, the, the competitive issues that you have, um, markets that you're looking to expand to, et cetera. Sure. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a crowded space in the Southeast, as you could imagine, uh, it's getting more crowded mm-hmm. because yeah. you have the combination of, uh, local or regional independence, uh, and then larger chains that are growing. So it gets more and more competitive all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the, re- the, the brands that are rewarded are the ones that really do it well and stay focused on, the fundamentals of the business. I, you know, I think when I think barbecue, the, the, the f- legitimacy of the food and do and barbecue right matters <laughs> above everything else. <laughs> That's right. Um, there's a lot of barbecue out there that comes in the back door in a bag that just gets heated up. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, the, the barbecue concepts that do it well, like, like I said earlier, we do it. We're in every morning before the sun, mm-hmm. we've got food in a smoker mm-hmm. and we're smoking meat throughout the day uh, overnight. I mean, it's a, you, you kind of have to, you really have to be passionate and, um, and committed to doing barbecue. I think if you want to be successful in, in such a growing and competitive segment. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you're legitimately doing it on site, then you're putting out the best, uh, marketing you can put out, right? Which is the smell. The smell yeah. yeah I sure. mean, yeah. Uh, for certain. Um, so w- you talked about your markets, um, what, what, what are we looking at as time goes on in terms of, uh, expanding within those markets? I mean, so we're here in the North Fulton area. I'm sure people, Jim and Nick's fans here are wondering 
where where are new some new locations they'll be able to take advantage of. But talk about that, and then just company wide what you see over the next few years. Sure. Uh, well, we're you know, initially for the, you know this year and the next couple of years, we're going to try out the, try to grow out the markets that we're in. Um, we felt like you know there's been a lot of hard work over the years to build some brand equity in those markets, and so to try to capitalize on that is great. We've also got regional supervision. Um, in a lot of those major markets. So Nashville, Birmingham, Atlanta, Charlotte, Charleston, Savannah. Um, so we kind of want to, we're going to stay focused on those for now. Mm-hmm. We do think at some point we'll enter new markets, whether it's Raleigh Durham or, uh, you know, kind of the Florida panhandle and we're exploring those other options, but the primary, the, the uh, priority for us now is to grow out the, the markets that we're in. Uh, Greater Atlanta is really the the big focus for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a it's a big sta- it's a big Atlanta's a big market. Georgia's mm-hmm. a big state. Um, we just think there's a lot of growth opportunity here. So, uh, seven of our eight restaurant openings this year will be in Georgia. Okay, terrific. Um, and you just opened on Windward Parkway here in Alpharetta. That location was a little bit different than what. Uh, Jim and Nick's fans are used to seeing. So sure. why don't you describe it and uh, maybe talk about what you've seen out of it so far? Yeah, it's been, look, it's been great. It's been a, it's a, uh, what I would guess I'd call a non-traditional Jim and Nick's in mm-hmm. that it was a conversion. It was a, it was a KFC originally. And, and one of the things we, we try to do um, because we want, really want to integrate into the, all the communities that we go into is um, uh, build a restaurant that fits the community. And so we had this opportunity to, to um, convert that space. It's smaller than a regular Jim and Nick's, um, but we love the location. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to do a, a double drive through, which is a new thing for Jim and Nick's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to expand the outside and do a larger patio. And so that kind of made the seating work. Um, but it looks a little bit different than a regular Jim and Nick's. If it had kind of has a modern farmhouse vibe to it. And that's very Milton, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. Um, and so that was the intention is, is just, to build a restaurant and build a, you know, a business that really integrates into the community as opposed to just showing up with a Jim and Nick's prototype and plopping it down and hoping that people like it. Right. Um, I think you see that a lot in larger chains and it's just not, it's not really what we want to do. Um, so it is a little bit different than some of the other Jim and Nick's restaurants, a little smaller. Um, but, uh, it's doing great. It's been, it's exceeded our expectations in every way so far. The Milton community, the community is great, whether it's Alpharetta and Milton are just both phenomenal communities and, mm-hmm. It's funny. I've been fortunate over the course of my career to have to uh, have supervised restaurants in different capacities in this market. Whether it's you know it, it's PF Chang's or True Food Kitchen, or now it's uh, and now it's Jim and Nick's. And mm-hmm. so, before I lived in Atlanta, I was coming to the market quite a bit and spent a a, a lot fair amount of time up up here in the the northern suburbs of Atlanta. And um, it's been fascinating to watch it grow over the years because there are times when I would come in, in and out of the market for you know once a month or once every other month. And then I wouldn't, for one reason or another, I wouldn't come for a few years and you come back and it's dramatically different. So <laughs> it's, right. it's been, but it's always been a, I've always loved having restaurants here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, that's, that's a lot of competition right there on Windward Parkway. And that's, sure. so it, the, the, so it says a lot in terms of you, you saying your numbers are above where you hope they would be. Um, that's quite a credit to you and your team and your product. I got to give it to all the team. <laughs> Honestly, it's, you know, um, 
we hired, a, we have a, a seasoned uh, veteran lead, uh, management team in that restaurant. So they've been with Jim and Nick's for a really long time. People that really love to be a part of the community. They love to serve. They're in just, they like to make people feel good mm-hmm. and they know our brand and they mm-hmm. know our operational standards. So that part has been fantastic. I think mm-hmm. they did a great job uh, hiring local team members. Um, the job they did to sort of train them and, and, uh, and integrate or assimilate them into to our brand and into our culture. Um, it's it's been one of our best openings for sure. Um, so couldn't be more grateful to that team. And um, it all it already feels like a restaurant that's been open operationally. It feels like a restaurant that's been open for several months already. And that's a that's a testament to everyone in operations on the Jiminix team. That's awesome. Congratulations yeah, on we're that. Really fortunate. Yeah. You mentioned community. So let's talk about that. Your, your tagline is community <laughs> barbecue. So talk, talk about what that tagline means for you and how important the community involvement you've been in um, is to the company and sure. its growth. It's everything. Um, you know, we have 40 restaurants today. I don't like to think about it that way. I don't think we can afford to think about it that way. I think about, think about each one as if you just had one. You had one restaurant and you were going to a new community and you wanted to become a part of a, you know, the fabric of the community um, to be involved in the things that are important in the community. So we think about it that way. And in some cases we're heavily involved in schools in other cases, it's sports teams um, in other cases, it may be the chamber of commerce or the rotary, or it, it kind of depends by market what is important to the city. Mm. And we try to be involved in that, you know, mm-hmm. local management typically lives in the city. Um, so they're, they're, you know, not only are they running the restaurant that you like to go to, but they may be your neighbor. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I, it's been incredibly important to Jim and Nick's. Um, I think it's important to restaurants in general to be involved in your community, but for, for Jim and Nick's, it's been great. And I think it really helps um, fill the buckets of our team members because we were there to, celebrate the successes of the community. We're there to help the community. If something bad happens, mm-hmm. whether it's a tornado or a, you know, we, yeah, we like to be there because we, again, we live and work in the market. Folks, we're here chatting with Larry Ryback. Larry is the CEO of Jim and Nick's. Um, Larry, let's talk a little bit about um, inflation and food costs, because that's uh, something that inflation, something every business owner is, uh, being impacted by certainly restaurant operators talk about what you're what you're seeing and how you're dealing with that yeah you know people use the word unprecedented a lot these days mm-hmm. and this is one of those times right. um yeah and i've been in the restaurant business for 35 years and i've never seen anything like it um i think we've been again we've been really fortunate to um to be able to weather the storm and not have to pass on too much price to the customer because I think that's a risky proposition too, um, mm. because the, the cut, your customer's already feeling the pinch of inflation in every other aspect of their life. So mm. um, if you got to take too much price and on the restaurant side of it, it just makes it that much more difficult for people to be able to use you and use you often and feel great and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, you know, knock on wood, we've got the businesses healthy. Um, we've taken, you know, the minimal amount of price that we've needed to offset that inflation. And, and, but we've also stayed true to, um, the, uh, the food standards that we have. So we're not going to compromise quality just because it got, became more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some cases it means, you know, it, businesses do have to take a little bit of price from time to time. And we have, but in other cases, it's forced us to really look at our business and, um, look at ways to be more efficient or look at ways to reduce costs that aren't 
they maybe are, are ancillary to the guest experience. And so we, it's from the beginning of the pandemic to now, it's really forced us to look at our business, determine what's most important to the guest experience, mm-hmm. stay hyper-focused on that. Don't compromise those standards, but challenge ourselves in other ways because the, you, you've got to be able to, you have to figure out a way to offset that inflation. Um, yeah. And so we've been, again, um, really grateful, very fortunate um, to be where we are because a lot of restaurant companies have real, you know, really struggled through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Some didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And then you get on the other side of the pandemic and you have massive unprecedented inflation. Yeah. And it's just been, it's been a very tough three years on the industry. Um, you know, I think the Jim and Nick's team uh, responded well to the pandemic in terms of um, how we challenged ourselves and everything we do in the business to determine again, what's most important and not to compromise those things, but challenge our, our challenge ourselves on in other areas to become a little bit leaner to offset some of those inflationary pressures. And um, it's worked out well. So I, you know, I think this inflation is going to be here for a little while. So mm. um, we are, uh, we're ever mindful of being good business people. Let me follow up on that because you, you're right. I mean, a pandemic followed by unprecedented inflation is quite a one-two punch. Sure. Um, what, what, what are the, what's the unexpected, uh, I guess, benefit you got out of that in terms of what you learned about what your capabilities are as a company, as a team, um, in just trying to navigate that environment? Yeah, what's well, funny when when you're faced with the necessity to really evaluate every aspect of your business, and everyone understands why, and everyone understands what's at risk, and every and it, not just restaurant business, but every business during mm-hmm. the pandemic, it, the risk is insolvency, mm. right? So when you really are faced with that sobering reality, <laughs> yeah, um, I, it it forces good teams to band together and let's really evaluate. Like I said, what's, what's really important to the brand. What's really important to the, to the customer. Let's stay focused on that. Don't compromise that. But what are perhaps some of the things that we've done or that we've added to the business over time that isn't core to that, that we should consider stripping away. Right. So for Jim and Nick's, it was, and, and this is true of a lot of restaurant companies. And in my experience is that over time menus get bigger. When menus get bigger, that means you have more product, more different products coming in the back door. It means that there's more labor into the business because you have to do something. You have to prepare food with those products. Mm-hmm. There's typically more waste, right? Because you're really just spreading your sales mix over more products, right? Right. So that incrementalism over time is usually causes cost pressure, both on the commodity side or the food cost side, but then also on the labor cost side. And so when the pandemic hit for us, we really wanted to take a long, hard look at what, you know, the original intent of the brand was when it was created. And for us, it was always about five great sides and five great proteins. Mm. And it doesn't mean that we went all the way back to that, but let's remember that that's how we started. And yeah. so if you look at that's how we started and that's where we were, and then you flash forward 30 years and what we're doing today, did we do th- some things that, that made the business more complicated um, than it needed to be. And so for us, we, we made some tough decisions at the beginning of the pandemic and um, to get more focused on kind of the original, you know, brand architecture, like what were we intending to do when the brand was created? Right. We got a little bit closer to that than, than we had, uh, than we had grown over time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I've, I've learned something here today, which is not unusual because I always learn something from great guests like you um, that, um, 
uh, it's easy to add new menu items, but but it, they're kind of like puppies, right? I mean, it's easy to fall in love with the puppy, but you got to take care of the dog eventually, yeah, right? Absolutely. So and that can have a lot of negative implications to the business later. Yeah, and it's usually it's um, it happens gradually over time, right? So right. if you look at a brand, we've, we've been around for decades. So mm-hmm. if it's one menu item that gets added every year or every two years, and you don't have the discipline to contract the menu a little bit mm-hmm. to keep it relatively the same size. When you look forward, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years later, all of a sudden you're very different than what you started as. And the risk is that you don't do, you're not able to do the things that matter most um, because you're trying to do too many things. Mm. And so we learned that pretty early on. Um, and again, the, 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 the necessity for change caused by COVID made those those tough decisions a little bit easier because frankly, you didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Like in right. like countless businesses, you, you, you risk going out of business if you don't do something different. And a lot of, a lot of businesses did go under because they either, they chose not to do something different or they just couldn't. Yeah. Um, and so for, I think it's sort of a testament to the the culture at Jim and Nick's and the, the, the team that I have that, you know, everyone banded together and said like, well, let's, let's, pull ourselves up by our collective bootstraps and figure this out. And, um, and at the time, honestly, I was, I was really new to the company when COVID hit. Uh huh. So I hadn't earned a lot of, I hadn't earned my street cred yet. Right. So it just says a lot about the people at Jim and Nick's that were, they were willing to, you know, support that kind of, uh, evolution in the business in a short period of time. Um, you know, under leadership of a guy they'd known for a month or two. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm just curious, uh, did, did, are, are you subject to the eighty twenty rule? I mean, that oh. that that eighty percent of your sales are, are from yeah twenty twenty percent of your menu items are roughly a hundred percent. Yeah, I okay. was I was actually gonna I was you know I was gonna use that, but I did, I wasn't sure whether you get it or not. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that, okay. I've never been with a with a restaurant company that that didn't have that as a general rule. Right. You're getting eighty percent of your sales out of twenty percent of your menu items, mm-hmm. and it was very true for Jim and Nick's. And again, to the extent that you add more complexity that you need, you, you risk compromising your ability to execute the 20%. Yeah. You know know what I mean? So, um, and that's, you know, that's looking in the mirror. That's a, I've seen that too many times in my career. It's almost any brand that gets to 15, 20, 25 years old. There's usually an element of that, Mm -hmm. the menu, but there's also, there's incremental, there's incrementalism in business spend as well. And so when COVID hit, we just did a really long, hard scrub of where every dollar goes. Mm-hmm. If we write a check, what, who does it go to? What is it for? What's the scope? What's the cost of that scope? Is it necessary for the business or is it not? Or is mm-hmm. it a diff, should it be a different scope or a different price? Or uh, if you don't, I, uh, whether it's COVID or not, if you have a 10, 15, 20 year old business and you do, don't do that kind of a deep scrub, you probably have some incremental spend layered in, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just natural. I mean, it's human nature. You, again, incrementalism, you don't factor in the the compounding effect of that. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, Larry Ryback folks, uh, great words from him, uh, uh, on the, the work, the great work they're doing at Jim and Nick's, uh, he's the CEO there. So, uh, Larry, let's sum it up for everyone. I mean, what, what, What's ahead? You t- you talked about Atlanta's the focus in in 2023. If you want to break some news, tell us about locations. We're happy to have you do that. Right. I, have, I have to do this off the top of my head. Okay. So, 
we have, we're going to open in Rome. Okay. Uh, Georgia, we're going to open in Covington. Mm. We are going to open in uh, Athens, Augusta. Um, trying to get a deal done in Fayetteville. Mm. Um, uh, Tucker is, a, there's a site in Tucker that we like quite a bit. Not, mm-hmm. kind of, not all the way to bright yet, but we're feeling good about it. Yep. Um, got to think about what else. Um, gosh, I can't remember what else. Okay. Those, that's a, that's a good list. Uh, so, uh, folks, you've got, um, some choices in, uh, if you're around, uh, the Metro Atlanta area, you've got choices. So that's good. Yeah. Terrific. We'd love to see you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's give, uh, let's give everyone directions on where they can find out more. If they want to know more about Jim and Nick's, whether it's locations or, your community involvement or what have you, how can they find out more? By the easiest way is you could go to the website. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, LinkedIn. Um, You can usually uh, get all the information you need from one of those channels, or you can track down somebody that can, that can help you as well. Terrific. Larry Ryback, CEO of Geminix. Larry, this has been a lot of fun and informative too. Congratulations on your success. And we're, just delighted we can honor that success. Well, the pleasure's mine, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you've got some, Larry talked about coming from the back office and making sure the back office, in his case, it's the kitchen, making sure that's running right, because if, it's, if that's not running right, the front part of the place is not running right. Well, that's the way it is in your business. If you've got administrative tasks, bookkeeping issues, other problems in your business, that are dragging down the back office, you may have some problems in the front of the house. And I've got a solution for you. It involves picking up the phone and calling SES Cabido, who's the chief executive angel at Office Angels. They've got a whole team of angels that matches a business owner's support needs with angels who have the talent and experience necessary to handle the work that's essential to creating and maintaining a successful small business. Your terms, your timeline. Call Essie at 770-442-9246. Tell her we sent you or go to officeangels.us, and I think you'll be glad you did. I use their services, and they're fantastic. And, folks, a couple more quick things. Just a quick reminder, I've got a book coming out this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. If you want to know more about that, want updates on when that's coming, it would be the summer of this year, Go to pricevaluejourney.com. And also, I uh, want to give a big thanks and a big shout out to you, our listeners. Uh, you've supported us here over these almost seven years. We're about to come up on our seventh year anniversary here this May 2023. And uh, we're at show number 625 or something like that. And we've only gotten this far because of you. So uh, you have shared the show. You've given us great reviews. And we would love it if you would continue to do that. So, If you have found a reason to share this show, and I can't imagine you haven't had a reason to do so, uh, given the great words Larry's shared with us about Jim and X, uh, please do so. Uh, Share it with others who you think would benefit, who would like to know more about this great company. And please continue to do that. And as you do that, we're going to be grateful to you uh, because you make it happen for us. So for my guest, Larry Ryback, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.